What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, Fightful.com. Here with a name you know. We've spoken to him multiple times. We've uh, unfortunately spoken to his uh, podcast partner, former tag team partner, multiple times. It's Brian Myers. And you know what? He he doesn't necessarily have a podcast partner in all of his ventures. We've got extreme conversations out now. This is something I've been excited about for so long, for, for quite a while. Uh, please, Brian, as I just introed you, I'm going right into tell people what this is because I'm really excited to talk about it. Well, I'm glad you brought it up right up right up the bat here because I'd love to talk about it and promote it a little bit here. Thanks for letting me use your platform. Uh, yeah, Extreme Conversations with Brian Myers, basically a uh, passion project of mine. Uh, truth be told, you know, it's under the major wrestling figure podcast network umbrella. Mm-hmm. And basically, uh, you know, Matt had the idea for mc true long island story and i kind of felt like well i got to bring something to the table here bare minimum and brian right that's bare minimum I, brian i don't it, want him busting my balls to the end of time he was and busting your idea. balls in the email <laughs> he, he sent me the press release for this and i was like we got an interview set up and he said <laughs> i wish bare minimum brian would have told me <laughs> there you go so uh yeah and i just you know i've been such a lifelong passionate ecw fanboy and it's just kind of never left me and then it's gotten to the point where i've been wrestling you know over 17 years now and i've befriended most of these guys you know and they're in my own personal rolodex and i've begged a few of them to do this on their own you know i said there's no ecw podcast like sure there's things where things are covered but there's no podcast just for ecw and ecw alone and i've begged i thought you know this is no shot at him but dreamer has a podcast Mm mm-hmm and I said, dude, this has to be an ECW podcast. You can't just have another, you know, uh, whatever podcast that people do about wrestling. Like, like this is your wheelhouse. Like, yes. use that. And he didn't listen to me. I begged Raven to do it. Uh, didn't do it. So I said, you know what? I'll just do it my damn self. I have all these guys at my, you know, fingertips anyway. And they're my buddies. And I'd love to talk to them anyway. So it really uh, turned out, you know, it's just a complete passion project with much to the help of smart Mark Sterling, who has the tedious job of editing this all up. And uh, as we went along, we realized that we had something really special here, but it's not a regular podcast in the sense that like there's so much editing to it. You know, it's not just like 
here was this interview with this guy. Yeah. It's multiple interviews chopped up in different categories. And we dropped it like Netflix style season style where you can just binge and listen to it at your leisure. You see the list of the six episodes, you can go, Oh man, this one all about balls. Mahoney interests me. Listen to that first. You know, there's no, you can't go wrong basically. So man, there's so many different, different uh, avenues I want to go down just based on that first statement. Like I, this like an ECW podcast was something I wanted to lean into years ago, and it's something I thought Conrad would have done. But I, like I pushed him to do it too. I think he's just looking for the right guy. And, you know? and to me, like just and I, I didn't start watching ECW until the late days, like TNN era. Like when it mm-hmm. got on there, it became accessible to me. It's like Tommy Dreamer, Joey Styles, or Paul Heyman, and Joey doesn't want to. Tommy's doing his own thing. Paul can't. Yeah. So it's yeah. like I think your approach is like, well, you know what? Let me grab everybody that I can possibly think of that knows something about this. It's just, I know, because I've done these about the Royal Rumble and War Games and Muhammad Hassan, like, that's very tedious work. (laughs) It is an incredible amount of work to reach out to all these people, schedule with all these people. Admittedly, some of these ECW veterans are not the best with scheduling, as I have come to find out. Okay, or technology or, or technology. Zoom calls or even their memories. Yes. So there's a lot of work involved in this, yes. So you're you're doing, like, honest-to-God journalism, finding out this information, and I really dig it. Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, there's a really fun moment. Yeah, I'm interviewing Raven, and the whole episode is about Anarchy Rules 99. He's in a tag team title match, you know, sold out Chicago. It's a show where, like, so many kind of notable things happen, you know. That's where Taz, it's like public knowledge he's leaving. has this big send-off. Unforgettable stuff to me as a fan. Yeah. I go, Raven, Anarchy Rules 1999, you're in this tag team match. Hit me. What do you remember? He goes, nothing. Don't remember one goddamn thing about even being there, that it happened. <laughs> nothing. I'm like, awesome. Thank you. You know, but that's that's what I'm getting myself into so i have you know i take it all on so i'll i'll sort of plug like you mentioned balls mahoney earlier i'll sort of plug that in with anarchy anarchy rules 99 because i remember when that happened that's when i was first like really getting into ecw i was familiar with it i love the idea of ecw because i had seen rob van dam and how can you not like ecw if you've even seen rob van dam on raw Mm -hmm. and somehow i can't remember how it was i was watching anarchy rules 99 and I didn't know who the hell Rob Van Dam was facing. I just knew he was facing somebody. And then I go, it was supposed to be, John, it was supposed to be Johnny Smith. Yes. And yes. I, would, I go, oh, balls Mahoney. And then I saw the match. He's a kick-ass 20-minute main event. Yeah. And Paul Heyman that, told me it was one of his favorites of all time. Yeah. It's one of the beauties of ECW. Like, you know, something went haywire. I don't remember the exact reason why Johnny Smith didn't do the match. But, you know, someone who wasn't booked steps up, fills a role. Maybe supersedes what was supposed to happen. You know that was yeah. like the magic of ECW, you know, one of those special things. So, was there anybody that you didn't think that you'd be able to get a hold of for this that you did? I know, I know. Quite frankly, you had made you had. I mean, you'd asked a lot of these people to sign figures before because you've got that 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 boxed ECW Complete signed collection. collection. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just over the years, you know, I I've, I've shared locker rooms with these guys, and I just gravitate to them, you know, because yeah. I just want to, you know, I want to be this ECW loyalist that I've always been. So. I have become like just friendly with a lot of these guys. Like I'll text with them like on a regular basis kind of thing. So that part was pretty easy. Um, I think the one, I mean, obviously, like you said, Paul Heyman and Joey, but they are are kind of like not, you know, doable. Other than that, I don't, I think a real cool one that we got that most people don't hear from is Harry Slash, who's like the godfather of the music and stuff. Loved his. Yeah. So there's a whole episode on just the music and like why people's entrance musics were what they were. And I decided I, to get as many people as I can, you know, to fill up the space. But sometimes it's like, 
it was literally like a sentence talk, you know, why is this your song? I don't know. Paul just picked it for me. Okay. And the story, you know, there wasn't a lot to it, but I knew the meat and potatoes of that is Harry Slash and his involvement. And a lot of people don't know that story. And I thought that was a really cool get because you don't just see him pop up on interviews like every day. Uh, and the other like unsung hero, which I loved it, because he has no filter and he's the f- most fun stories is Johnny Candido, the the oh, little nice. brother, of the late, great uh, Chris Candido, who like just came through, especially in the balls episode. I mean, just some unbelievable stories. One of, one of my buddies, one of my buddies at Creative Pro said uh, he was working out listening to the balls episode. And I said, dude, that's flat out dangerous, bro. You're gonna drop like a barbell on yourself laughing or something. He goes, bro, I almost did. Like I said, yeah, I would not recommend that at all because there's so many legit lol moments in that balls mahoney episode and i think that balls mahoney one could be a could be like a four-parter or maybe more if we wanted to because just you say that name and guys light up and they just want to tell these outrageous stories and stuff so that that was a layup i also uh got a kick out of harry slash saying that he looked like paul Heyman from behind and pat patterson came up and grabbed his ass and he goes <laughs> he goes that, yeah. now what kind of relationship <laughs> what kind of friendship do you all have to where this was the first thing that happened <laughs> like i loved it yeah. i thought that was really good yeah, and yeah. as you mentioned harry slash isn't somebody that when we're doing the news aggregation we see popping up a lot like we yeah don't, totally right we yeah. don't see that so that was immediately one i sent to my team and i was like hey this guy doesn't talk let's Let's let the people know what he has to say. Mm-hmm. Was okay. So, uh, what were like? Were all these virtual? Did you get any like on the convention circuit? Because so they're all zooms. Okay. Except Shane Douglas, who uh, I knew I was doing a show with, and I tried to zoom with him, but he just flat out said he doesn't have like that capability. <laughs> yeah. And even if he did and did it on his phone, I guess it got to the point where Mark and I were like, "This is." He's such a good talker yeah. and he's got his memory is like as sharp as it can be. We're like, it would be a shame to waste it with like bad audio. He's or done just, like six you know. podcasts. I know. He said he could not. I don't, I don't know how, who got, I don't know what, who guides him through that. Like I know Shane pretty well now. Yeah. He wasn't bullshitting me. Like there's no way he, he's not, you know, a technology guy. Yeah. So, uh, we, we brought our podcasting equipment to the show and, and knocked down, got a really great interview with him. Like I said, he's, he's one of the ones that's just so sharp and a great storyteller and stuff. I could just sit and listen to him talk all day were there anybody was there anybody that you like maybe couldn't get a hold of like i mean obviously we we lost tracy smothers last year and yeah and all i mean that. There's, there's 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 obviously the uh, you know like i i was thrilled to have uh judge jeff jones on mm-hmm. who's a crazy busy guy who's like in the thick of it with AEW right yeah. now working behind the scenes but to have him on as basically i mean he's an ecw original of course but to kind of represent mike awesome Yes. I thought was really cool because I, I, especially in that era, like you said, that TNN era, I freaking loved Mike Awesome. Uh, so I thought that was really cool to have him as the representation for him. Yeah, to me, like that first sort of cast that I saw, I thought they, they presented them so well on TV. Like, I, oh, yeah. I, I believed in Spike Dudley because of what they were doing oh, with man. him Just, on uh, those inc- TNN shows. Such an underrated big man, little man feud. Yeah. And yeah, big time. The way that everybody would make him look like Sally Graziano taking the acid drop, it's like, oh my gosh. Oh, so cool, yeah. <laughs> it made me believe at like 15, if, right. I, if I hooked a cravat on him, I might be able to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sally made me believe. Yeah. Uh, so was was there anybody you tried to get and they just said, no, I'm not doing it? Honestly, no. I didn't get any no's, but I didn't test my luck. I think now that I've done it and proven myself, like I was hesitant to ask uh, – Bubba Dudley because he's not the friendliest, but I think I, I've just saw him at a show and got to talk to him. I think I, I'd be able to get him now. 
So what's um, interesting when when he did like media calls and stuff like that, I would be like, oh man, Bubba Dudley, he's going to be in character, all that stuff. He actually wasn't, and it was some of the most yeah. introspective for sure. Yeah, I think if I just get him stuff, yeah, yeah, on the right day in a good mood, he he'll be an incredible interview. So he's somebody I would love to have. Plus, like I said, he's he's pretty sharp and has all the memories yeah. and stuff and the good stories. Um, Taz is another one that I love to get, who I've you know gotten pretty close to in the past yeah. couple of years and stuff through Creator Pro and whatnot. So uh, he's someone that I think would be great because he pretty much doesn't talk ECW very often, no. you know. Yeah, and that that yeah, I think that'd be such a such an outstanding element of this. So mm-hmm. I can tell you, as a media member in this field, a lot of times, quite frankly, you're talking to the best liars in the world, and I mean that as a compliment. You guys, but- you guys make each make people think that you're hurt when you're not hurt, and you're not hurting when you are hurting. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like when I'm digging for scoops, I gotta say, is there an agenda here? Is there like what what is what's the motive? Now for this, yeah. it's a bit different because you're talking about stuff decades prior, but still, there are gonna be people with agendas. How do you kind of navigate that? I don't mind that because, like you said, it, we're talking 20 years ago mm-hmm. plus. So let you know, bring it as long as it's entertaining i guess at this point yeah. you know it, it seems like some of that stuff could be fairy tales but it doesn't matter because it's that person's perspective and their memory of it you know and it could almost be zero percent true which i'm sure of some course. of this nonsense you hear on the show is but uh like i think because it's been so long it's fine you know it's not someone bsing me that they got you know oh i got a deal from aw and wwe on the table i don't know which one to choose you know it's not bullshit like that it's like yeah you know balls mahoney gorilla pressed a shark and killed it with a spork and, and that I, kind of shit's fine and i mean like i to that point like some of my favorite stuff in forever hardcore that documentary that jeremy borash did was just new jack talking about things oh some oh, stuff that wasn't even ecw to back up your question he's someone who i think is sorely missed from the show because yeah. he was an incredible uh ecw shoot interview for sure i mean he, i've seen a ton of them he was the reason I got into shoot interviews. Period. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I'd I'd say mine would be Honky Tonk Man, but uh, <laughs> New Jack's a close second. See, I wasn't a Honky Tonk Man fan, so I didn't want to watch his shoot interviews. And I didn't. Bro, yeah, those old, those original ones where he's like shit faced are unreal. Yeah, but they actually, mean, in the era we're living in now, they do not age well. Let me I just know. say that too. Yeah, and and it was New Jack saying, "Yeah, I wanted Vic Grimes to die. Yeah, yeah I stabbed this guy." <laughs> Yeah, he dropped the yeah. charges and I got out of Florida. Yeah, I beat yeah. up a 70-year-old man. Like, that's yes. what got me into shoot interviews. Yeah. Like, right there. That's the good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I always have this funny story. I rode with Jimmy Wang Yang for a little bit when I first started. And he has this, like, ROH shoot interview he did, like, the first time he was fired. Yeah. I swear to you, it's the cure for insomnia. Like, it will put you out. It's so goddamn boring he's so monotone and one word answers this it's like horrendous and i one day in the car i just confessed that to him i said dude i bought i'm a big shooter interview on i bought your shooter interview I, I don't think i've ever gotten through it it's so goddamn boring he goes yeah who cares that guy's paying me the same amount of money to sit there and talk whether i give up the gossip on every single thing that's ever happened to me or i say nothing so who gives a shit and i was like okay oh, fair enough man <laughs> yeah, and, and that is that is true i mean for I'm yeah not- i was like okay and, Touché. and that's why Touché, I'm glad. That's why I'm glad yeah. shoot interviews went away, so we don't have to pay you. Guys yeah, you anymore. know, shoot interviews are basically free, and they're called podcasts, so it doesn't. Yeah, really matter because anymore, everybody's right? yeah. promoting their own weekly shoot interview, basically. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, so okay, so this this series dropped. You obviously seem to have plans to do more. Yeah, I mean, the feedback's been incredible. We uh, debuted at number two in all of wrestling. I think we were like forty something in all of sports, which is wild. I mean, 
like literally this call right now is the first thing of promotion we've even done. So awesome. <laughs> there's really hadn't had like a vehicle behind it, except me telling people it's coming. And it did take quite a long time to do, to collect the interviews, to edit it, you know, to make decisions and stuff. I mean, at one point, I mean, one of the interviews is a trip. I mean, one of the podcasts is a tribute to Tommy dreamer. And at one point we're like, God, are we going to get destroyed for putting this out? Even yeah. though we did this prior to that incident. And all these people said all these genuine, amazing things about this guy who's helped them out for years and years and years, you know, so it was like that put a little kind of pump to it. You know, we had to let that fire kind of cool off. So there's been a lot of hurdles. And like I said, collecting the interviews, it was a lot. And it's uh, it was all worth it, I think, to just like drop it in one day where you can binge and do your thing. And I think the feedback has been substantial that, you know, we'll make it, I, I think, like an annual thing. One of the best pieces of news that, or best pieces of advice I got regarding that and navigating controversy is today it's in the news. Tomorrow they're wrapping dead fish with it. Like and, and the mean, re- the wrestling cycle moves so so fast. It's insane. I always, whenever one of my buddies kind of messes up or isn't got some heat or whatever, I go, dude, someone's gonna mess up tomorrow. Yeah. And then you become second, and the next day that someone messes up, and then you become third in the list, and then to the bottom, and you're forgotten. And <laughs> it's, it's just it's, this never ending cycle of wrestling heat and it, you know, mess ups that. Yeah. It's the way the business works. And hopefully, the people that that do ag- actually abhorrent things that are unforgivable stay out and the people that's different yeah and then the people that just say some dumb stuff and then really feel bad about it can learn from it uh, is is the whole nobody's perfect but bad people are bad people and they shouldn't be involved in pro wrestling ecw veterans are absolutely perfect i've never seen one do anything regrettable at all (laughs) especially Uh, balls mahoney especially balls mahoney so uh like as as we we look through like these episodes and, and you've got Balls Mahoney, you've got Wrestlepalooza, Anarchy Rules, the music, uh, you've got Tommy Dreamer. Which was your favorite to work on? I mean, obviously this is this and Heat Wave as well, the one that, that you dropped uh, last pilot. year. That's a great. The pilot's great. That that was like it our is. proof of concept. That Heat Wave 2001, which is all about the backstage XPW fight and a lot of fun stuff. Oh yeah, um, I, I was I was pumped for that. So for like a year, I've been away I've been know, waiting for yeah. this. Yeah. And was, I, I mean, that was the initial thing. We dropped that, and then people were excited about it. And I was like, okay, we are on to something. Let's keep going. We didn't know how tedious it was going to be, but yeah. My favorite, I mean, in my mind when I made this list, it was like the music, just because that was such an impactful part of me being an uh, ECW fan, which you can I just kind of blabber about on the episode, so it's not hard you, to understand. You can ask everybody about it, too. Oh, it made such a big difference. Like, these songs that are really timeless rock songs are timeless in your head as a wrestling fan because you connect them to this superstar like for the end of time you know it's wild uh i was really looking forward to it, and i keep pressuring him to listen to it is i want tommy to hear his episode and hear about all these people especially the you know the tough year he's had like you know hear all these people that really care about him and that appreciate the things he's done for him you know um but all been said the balls mahoney app yeah, that's the number one like feedback i've gotten from people and people just been like over the moon excited about that one because it's it it literally is it's two hours of insane balls mahoney stories that are like laugh out loud like just awesome awesome listen that's the only one i haven't watched yet because yet because i listened to them in reverse as they as they appeared on on the apple feed oh man so i'm really excited to check that one out you're gonna have to message me after that one because it's (laughs) it's unbelievable some of the stories so yeah like there was this big gap for for a long time with 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. No TNA podcast, no ECW podcast, and now Jeff Jarrett has TNA pretty well covered. There ain't mm-hmm. there ain't going to be anybody better than him uh, yeah, doing true. doing that. And now it's like it, 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 you look at this and it's like, well, it's hard to believe that anybody's going to top this because you're not just getting one piece of insight. And I think that is so unique and interesting in one of these retrospect podcasts because so many people, even if they have the connection. They just don't follow through and gather mm-hmm. all these interviews and put them together yeah. and all that. At what point did you formulate in your head, I'm going to do this? Because obviously it was well over a year ago. Yeah, like I, it was almost out of like the guilt of like that Broski was going to contribute a whole nother podcast. And I'm like <laughs> looking, looking around like, you guys looking at me? Uh, and I had this idea anyway, and I've been dying for someone else to do it. And I said, you know what? Like I said, screw it. I have all these guys literally at my fingertips. Most of them are like my buddies. You know, it wouldn't even be like awkward to like, introduced my i think i uh jazz was an impact that i never met her and i said i introduced myself to her and i you know sat down with her to get her sound bite about her music and stuff so other than that i mean these people like literally people like text with so like i was like you know screw it they're they all you know like me i i hope to think and you know and you said i think ecw guys really enjoyed talking about ecw so there was no harm in it in my mind and now, like, the convention circuit is firing back up. There, there's a good chance you're going to be around a lot of these people. Is that something that you're looking at? Because I remember two years ago, I went to a table, and it was, like, just incredible. Mikey Whipwreck, yeah. Rhino, and then, bless him, Tracy Smothers, who did a run-in on one of my interviews, and I loved I, I treasure <laughs> that moment now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is that something that you're looking at doing? Or are you, you ever, oh, like, yeah, kind of looking down the really guest list? I was really looking forward to, before the pandemic, and I – I told them they're welcome to use Creative Pro Wrestling Academy. Shane Douglas, Justin Incredible, and Salmon were going to do like a spoken word tour, like oh, wow. you know, like a live Q and A, stories, whatever. Uh, and they had like a bunch of dates lined up, and it was literally right when the pandemic hit and the world shut down. So, and then they haven't been able to kind of get back on track of doing that. But I was like looking forward to that. I was like, shit, I'll le- I'll literally give you my building for free, and then I'm going to hang out and have a couple beers and listen to you guys. It sounds great, you know. It's just if you love dcw it doesn't need explanation you just get it you know what i mean if yeah. you were in those crap like i went to a bunch of live ecw shows and to this day it, it like pulls in my heartstrings as a wrestling fan like the way i felt the excitement the intimacy it's never been topped for me as a wrestling fan you know and i hold on to it to this day as a 36 year old so without like kind of spoiling future seasons or anything, are there some topics that you're like, I absolutely have to cover like that people wouldn't think? Like I would imagine like maybe the figure line, even though you, you've done the complete history of ECW figures, which God damn it made me collect them and is a more expensive they're hobby than I'd like. They're but a very underrated, beautiful toy line. Everybody's are. unique unique sculpts. They're like timely to that era to me i I like the art of a wrestling figure i don't necessarily i'm not a face scan guy i don't i don't like face scans and i like jack's bone crunchers because they're so goddamn ugly and i like ecw figures because they're so pretty they look good yes yes and they're all like there's not one reused part in that whole line which is i think is pretty cool uh 
But yeah, spoiler alert on the major Patreon. If you sign up, there is a bonus episode Ooh. of Extreme Conversations all about the original San Francisco uh, toy makers action figures. So that's already in the can up right now. If you sign up for the Patreon, nice. you, can, you can listen to it in the bonus amongst a million other bonus things that we offer on our Patreon. But that's the Extreme Conversations addition to it. Man, that's that's incredible. So I'm going to ask you to actually contribute to a couple upcoming projects I have. Okay. Every year I do one called or last year I did the first it's called Inside the Royal Rumble. It's kind of a collection of just Royal Rumble memories and and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh you were a part of of a few of them, especially pretty interesting one in 2018, the uh greatest Royal Rumble, which was Oh uh, god, does that even count? It was the does greatest in number, it was not the greatest in quality yeah, that they, much. They just use it like they just use it they just use the name basically yes. to sell a show. Right? Well, they they do that all the time. Yeah. Every time they go yeah. to Saudi Arabia, they do something completely arbitrary. King of the yeah. Ring, the greatest wrestler in the world, yeah. the World Cup, the greatest tag team ever, mm-hmm. and this is the greatest Royal Rumble. What do you remember about being told? Hey, yeah, we're doing a fifty-man Royal Rumble. Uh, I don't remember much, but I do remember the like rumor swirling, which I'm. I, I think you know. Let's just throw an allegedly in front of this. We're true that like. The Saudis had like a list of demands. It, it that's was why true. all that. It was true. That's why it's allegedly true, and that's why if you watch that thing, like every <clears throat> like freak sized guy from NXT was randomly there. Like people who've never even wrestled yet were there. Yeah. Uh, Yokozuna was one of the rumors, like they, that they wanted Yokozuna. There. I guess and, they asked for Yokozuna, and Ultimate Warrior was oh, the rumor. I told Falaba he should have went up to Scott Demore and been like, "Pay up, buddy, or I'm jumping." But then ship. we had a, a legitimate. <laughs> sumo there yes. and i remember who spoke japanese and not english and had never wrestled before in his life and like jamie noble's like running this huge meeting telling us what's going on he's like all right and then uh sumo brother's gonna come out there and we're just like and he's just standing there has no clue what's going on man it was like kind of surreal to be part of how long was that meeting because it's a 50 mandatorial rumble i think they were doing it in sections or like basically when okay. you're out you can walk away until it got down to you know who's i don't even remember who won that braun braun, braun won it braun, braun, won it. braun uh I think I I do a funny spot where Braun, like, I run away from him and then he beats the crap out of me on the ramp. And I had, like, the ramp implanted on me because it hurt so bad. So, Brian, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, was in all but one minute of that. Did he have to hang around for every section? No, you just kind of get your thing and, and scram, yeah. Cause it was like, this massive, like, almost like an indoor uh, soccer field thing we were all standing there talking it out on. I was interested because... Like, I don't think anybody else did more than, like, 34, 35 minutes. And he was in there for an hour, 16, which probably was something that he wanted to do. Um, knowing, of course, knowing he's a sicko, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's also the, the tightest fall, too, correct? Yes. So Which I was in, in Gorilla for, because I come out, like, right after, and it was, like, people laughing in a way I've never seen people laugh in my, in my life. I mean, like, crippling with laughter. Like, wild. So, what? was there any concern for his safety though that was like such an afterthought because obviously he was fine because he yeah. just he popped right out you know if he was under there for a minute i think people would have got scared yeah. but he didn't even give you time to be concerned he came right back right out so everyone just lost it like no way that just happened a couple spots after you was great Kali, and i gosh i can't even remember who it was that had told this story but they told me a story about how when he was in one of his early rumbles he didn't speak great english and he was throwing people, and he was legitimately amazed at how far he was throwing people. And while he did it, he was like, fuck! 
Wow. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, I've been around Kali since day one because he was a Deep South guy in like 06 or whatever, right yeah. before he debuted. And me and Broski would have to stay after practice and just get demolished by him. Oh, so we've known him for a long time. That You're drawing all these funny memories. So I remember during that day, because we hadn't seen him in a while, we were bullshitting with him, sitting in catering, and like the boys kind of ball busting. Yeah. And we were making fun of him that he knows like nobody's name, even though he's been around us for like 10, 15 years or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, man, everyone's just whatever. And like, I so- love it. Gallows, who knows him like very well, was with him in Deep South, like wrestling him a million times. He's like, "Hey, Kali, what?" Or Dalit maybe even said to make a point, yeah. like, "What? What's my name?" He goes, "Drew." And we were like, "Holy shit!" He knows his name, whatever. And then uh, Wyndham Bray, Bray Wyatt tries to go, "Kali, what about me? What? What's my? What's my real name?" And he goes, "Michael Hayes, man." <laughs> and we, I mean, you talk about like a locker room pop. I mean, the boys fucking exploded. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. So yeah getting in for a show like that it was the first one there mm-hmm. i had people telling me like it was a nightmare at the time like navigating like through the airport or whatever it was or maybe maybe it was just once they got out like what was the process of of getting from plane to venue because from what i understand it was like plane to venue venue to plane for a lot of people they didn't sightsee or anything but then I'm i had other sure. people saying that they did so i had gone in like 2016 right when i came back in like a regular european tour style mm-hmm. we went there first before it became a big thing yeah. um so i had been and i just i knew what i was ex- you know expecting but there's always like oh don't let your tattoos show and all this like yeah. crazy stuff but then it's like not like that like i remember i went to like a gold's gym with finn balor and like people had their tank tops and tats it just wasn't as strict as it was we were meant to like be in fear of yeah. i guess is what i'm trying to say so and I had been there a couple times by then. It was just whatever. I've I've had this thing like, if you want to be a successful professional wrestler, you have to succumb to traveling. Yeah. And I can just like black out. I can just like it is what it is. Oh, twelve hour plane ride. Sure. Oh, I'm delayed. Okay. I can just li- I've done it for so long. I'm just like numb to it, and it is what it is. And that even if it means going all the way to Saudi, you know. And then you were in the 2019 Royal Rumble, and you actually got. One of the quickest eliminations in Royal Rumble history. You eliminated Titus in a few seconds, right? Yes. That was, that was really fun, actually. Um, I was always jealous. I always thought, even though he's like one of my best friends, I thought the year before I should have had Heath's spot because I was doing the losing sure. streak. And he's on the ramp. I thought that was an awesome spot. But they weren't like, I was doing the losing streak thing, and Heath really wasn't doing anything on TV, but he's so lovable and... He just had that role like in history in WWE, so he the, could fill that role whenever. The 2012 spot of him getting his ass whipped by legends is was so good. Yeah, oh, the so, best. Yeah, the best. And he cried all through that, like my inner jobbing me out, man. And we're like, dude, this is one of the coolest Please. spots you're ever gonna do in your career. Yeah, I think now he thinks of it like that, but back yeah. then he was like, you know, hoping to be champ. Oh, um, so I was like real jealous about that he got to do that because I'm like, damn, I like losing streak deal in that spot. Like, keep getting drilled by guys on the ramp would have ruled. And then to finally be in a real rumble in a massive state, you know, baseball stadium and stuff was so cool. Uh, and to have like a cool spot. It wasn't like forgettable. I thought it was, was great. I got a nice little pop. That was right when that was like the losing streak was so deep that the crowd was starting to turn for me because they felt bad for me too. So I got a nice little reaction. I thought it was, it was a pretty cool moment. Yeah. I mean, it, as I looked back, I was like, man, he hadn't been in a rumble before the greatest Royal rumble. I mean, you had in like indie shows and stuff like that. And I think you had been in like a battle royal to qualify for a Royal Rumble at one point. I'm sure, yeah. But like not an actual rumble. Another feature I'm working on, <laughs> I've heard a lot of stories from wrestlers, Bobby Lashley, 
Kofi Kingston, uh, Kurt Angle, about Vince McMahon physically attempting to wrestle pro wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Bobby Lashley tells me he pummels in underhooks on him, tries to get that. Uh, yeah. Kofi had to be like, you want to fight on a plane? That, that Kofi story is, I know that one because we're very good friends. Yeah, that's kind of a legendary he, one. It, yeah, and he told me about that. And Kurt Angle, of course, told me the plane ride story. Have you ever yeah. witnessed Vince McMahon trying to wrestle anybody? And if not, what do you remember about the, the Kofi one being recounted to you? I wasn't there for the Kofi one, but we're such good friends. I knew about it. I know that Vince was like, for sure, testing him, right? Yeah, you know, that's all. And then I know, I don't know if that this version has been told, but Jericho kind of got in his ear and was like, dude, if you don't at least say something, Vince is going to lose all respect for you and you know, you, yes, I got a career from you want. You're probably not going to have. So sorry you to interrupt. It was, it was yeah. from Jericho's book. I got heat from WWE for asking Kofi that question because oh, really? it was from Jericho's book and he was oh, in AEW. And yeah. Kofi was like eager to tell the story because I don't think oh, he had ever sure. told the story before. Yeah, I'm sure he loves it. Instead of doing a regular boring ass WWE media interview. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, one, <clears throat> one of 15 that day, the day before WrestleMania, where there were going to be 15 headlines that say, Kofi Kingston says it's surreal to wrestle in front of no people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you Boring. remember about that, like, being recounted to you? Just that, like, I made a mental note, like, ooh, if I'm ever in that situation, I'm going to have to fucking throw it down with Vince. Okay. You know, that that's what I got out of it, you know, the, the lesson, you know. I, I was a producer in 2018 when I got hurt for over two months. So, like, all that, like, oh, you see Vince down the hallway and you kind of, like, you know pucker up and you're scared just completely went away because i was dealing with him like for hours at a time on a daily basis so like towards the end there i could just bullshit and talk to him and like he's i texted him like a regular person which was was awesome to kind of break that like you know that shell but i didn't i don't i don't maybe quick little like like kind of things i never saw like a real you know (laughs) you know lock up with somebody or like him go down he's just i think in my era he was just a little bit too old for that and he knew it there were always those stories that are the story that he took the doomsday device from. I mean, that story's legendary. Yeah. You know, Oh, the heart foundation would have done it or whatever. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's been told a million times. And I'm, there's no doubt in my mind that he, this guy's been involved in so many programs and dangerous matches. And, you know, even like that, that couple of years ago, that, that shoot head buddy takes from Owens. I'm just oh like, Oh my God. This is insane. Yeah. That was, that was a rough one, but he, lo- he loves it though. You know? And then the last story I'm working on is, People who have worked with Kevin Dunn. You, you've been in and out of WWE. Did, how many, like, I don't want to say how many. I'm sure you had plenty of face-to-face interactions with Kevin Dunn. Did you ever work directly with him? And, like, like what was that process like? Um, Yeah, we, I uh, know our first time ever, it was when uh, we had be- gotten with Edge. And basically, we were told we were going to get this, like, big push. And we we did all right, obviously. At, you know, Hawkins Riders, the Edgehead underlings. But, like, the first time we worked without Edge, like, accompanying us or whatever we came out to like generic wrestling song number 72 and we were like oh that's that's pretty bad and then we were like what do we do about that and somebody's like you got to talk to kevin so like the following week we went and like just knocked on the truck and he's very elusive i always say he's like the wizard of oz like he's just tucked away like and if you, if you do see him in the hallway i always think he's faking a phone call and he walks by because he doesn't want to like get you know bombarded by talent and shit and then so that's where he is you know he eats in there like it's hard to get a hold of him so like we were like okay and we're just young kids never really had any interaction when we went and we actually had like an awesome conversation with him about music and what we'd like and that hey like we want something a little bit more special and we wound up getting that really cool disciple song out of it so that was my first interaction with him and it was a great one you know yeah i, I often hear the 
he's heard not seen thing like with that i gosh i can't remember who it was that said it was like the it might have been chelsea that was like it's like the voice of god like you never see him you just you hear, hear oh you hear him in the rehearsals over the speaker but you're not seeing him yeah and then dude like i said i was in the meetings as a certain he's there he's right up front he he doesn't say a word it's not like he's there just burying people like but he doesn't say anything that'd be great if he was it'd be it'd be I interesting know, yeah, for my I article yeah, um. i mean he's the, <laughs> yeah so like uh you had you had mentioned he's over the speakers and stuff like like what's his what's his demeanor like over those like some i've i've heard some stories of him like joking around and being playful and stuff like that and then yeah, other ones sure. are really straightforward know, uh, and serious Right. Okay. You're drawing some more memories. Right when I came back in 2016 and they finally figured out they're going to air those goofy vignettes for me. Uh, I knew I had like six weeks of coming to TV. You bang out those vignettes during the day, essentially. And like my day's over by like three, four o'clock. Sure. So I was just like looking for stuff to do and be proactive. So like I asked him if I could just hang out in the truck and watch him like produce. So I actually went in there for like an episode and watched and that was nuts. Pretty nuts. He's also a mega um baltimore sports fan really and he'll have like the ravens on or like the orioles or whatever and he's cutting raw live and doing all the shit while like watching that (laughs) (laughs) which i thought was like an insane multitasking uh thing because like my wife will ask me a question while i'm reading a text and i can't even speak so i don't know how he's well him being an orioles fan him being an orioles fan explains the aggressive camera cuts and production of that show like he's he's in there happy about for years there cut 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 oh man uh brian tell the people where they can find extreme conversations obviously podcast platforms everywhere it is a yeah, fantastic I mean, yeah, series it's, it's absolutely free wherever you find your podcast like i said there's the pilot and five episodes it's full season one for free available to download listen at your leisure uh i do encourage you to use hashtag extreme conversations on social media whether that's instagram or uh twitter and uh, so i can see it and interact and let me know what you thought and uh we're gearing up for probably a season two because it was just such a big hit and um, I'm, you know, flattered and floored and glad that people are enjoying it. So, uh, and I'm going to have to start plotting away with Mr. Sterling to see what our, our topics will be. Cause I, I feel like the people want balls money part two and that's already, yeah, already kind of locked down as the only one for sure. Well, I'm excited to, to finish off the series by listening to that. I started it this weekend and couldn't, couldn't stop while I was working. Thank you. It was phenomenal stuff. Extreme conversations with brian myers brian thank you so much for being uh much more pleasant than matt cardona uh, of course yeah he's a dipshit he is he, he got he got upset at me uh last week he's like i've been here at wrestlecade for four hours you didn't ask me to come over and do my interview <laughs> and i was yeah. like sorry man i couldn't see you through thunder rosa's really long line in front I know, of you it so. was tough to see him through that line yeah so there you go but uh brian myers thank you so much thanks dude appreciate it until next time we're out when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.